my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Feltz, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, we looked at a classic last week, didn't we? The highest grossing movie up until Jurassic Park was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. And that absolutely stood up for us tremendously well. You know, real A-grade movie. What are we going to review this week? (laughs) (laughs) But the question we'll be asking, Dave, at the end, which one do we enjoy more? However... We have been, well, we actually had a movie picked for us by one of our great patrons, uh, John Hammond. And John has got us both onto a movie that we haven't watched, Dave, called Samurai Cop from 1991. And I don't know where to start. Dave, (laughs) how have you never watched this classic? I'd never seen this, but it's got this big cult following, hasn't it? And I don't think... I, I. couldn't see that it had a UK release. I'm not sure. It, it certainly didn't hit theatres. Uh, it came out the same year, obviously, as your favourite, uh, No Retreat, No Surrender 3. And you can definitely see there's a lot of lethal weapon in this, isn't it? This is just one of the many lethal weapon spin-offs. And, and I think there's a little bit of Beverly Hills Cop sprinkled in there as well, you know. Yeah, but I'm sure. I think it's more weapon than it is lethal. Sure is. It is a lethal weapon, and we're not talking about the samurai sword. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I we'd watched the trailer, hadn't we? And and the thing is, Chris, again, we when we started this, we were talking about doing all these great movies, you know, and uh, you know, we were going to do, uh, like, say, things like ET, Ghostbusters. We were going to do all these major classics, and somehow, in particular, our Patreon picks uh, <laughs> for John, and then next week we've got Glynn's as well. They they just want us to do these awful martial arts movies, and so I, I you know what, I, I'll reveal my hand a bit. I'm glad I've seen this because I didn't know I'd seen the trailer. You know, there's plenty of gifts on Twitter. <laughs> I know Max is a big fan as well, and I just think, uh, yeah, Chris, this is something else. Something else, Dave. This is a level below and above No Retreat, No Surrender 3 for me. I have never, ever... And we joke, we've never reviewed it. We've never even done the first one yet. But King of the Kickboxer 2 is in this wheelhouse. Again, this movie is readily available. Samurai Cop and things like that. They're on Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, and it is also available on YouTube... You've got to experience it. I I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't even really watch the trailer. John had mentioned it a couple of times to us, and I was like, right, okay, let's get into it. Have I seen it before? You know, because when I was a kid, Dave, I said to you, like, you you asked me the video, you said, said, no, I haven't. But then I'm thinking, but is it one of them ones where I've rented it from the video shop and not realized I've seen it? I have definitely, definitely (laughs) never, ever watched this in my life. 
I don't know where the hell or what the fuck to do, Dave, to start. It is truly amazing. I have no background on this movie. And I, I, honestly, John has made me speechless. I was watching it and my jaw was on the floor and I was trying my hardest because I watched it just before you not to ruin the film, but I did send a couple of snippets over and you were like, I've got to go and have a fucking drink watching this. Yeah. It's amazing. So, I mean, I've just just this week, because I'm like, oh, fuck this lockdown. I, I've just been drinking way too much, you know, and uh, I sort of want to get back in shape. Drinking too much, eating too many crisps, sitting watching shit movies. And I saw those bits and I'm like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> I feel like I need to have a drink uh, to get me through this. But I'll tell you what, Chris, I didn't. I didn't need a drink. And oh, I wasn't man. checking my phone either. I, actually, I tell a lie. I, I, the only reason I was, I was on my phone was to message you about the bits that I was just uh, <laughs> flabbergasted by. <laughs> So I was, I was probably texting you like every at least ten minutes I would say through the whole movie, and uh, yeah, this this is just something else. I mean, it, it was written by Amir Sherbin, I uh, probably not how you pronounce his name, but he wrote and directed it, and he's got a bunch of other movies. And if you check IMDb, Samurai Cop is his top hit. <laughs> so I think that tells you all about the competency of this chap. But, um, I mean, they, we laughed about, like, Roger Corman and Eat My Dust and how he's legendary for being able to take a small amount of money and, and turn the handle. Well, I have to say, Amir Sherf, <laughs> he must have had a fraction of a Roger Corman budget, you know, because that I don't know. I can't find any information on the budget. And so I can only assume it was taken from petty cash. <laughs> Dave, let's be honest here, right? I know we haven't put the trailer on yet, but this makes Eat My Dust look like the fucking Titanic. Let's be honest here, Dave. The budget on Eat My Dust must probably, what, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand. She's lucky it's a couple of hundred quid. It is truly a classic. And what I love is, I've got like the Samurai Cop. There's a video, a VHS cover and a DVD cover. And like the guy who's the baddie, Robert, I think it's called Czar, is the, is the guy out of a tango in cash who comes through yeah. the front of the truck. What and a chin that is. Legendary oh, it, chin. That, he's got some like disease he had or something like. And uh, apparently he was, Dave, a Chippendale. He was a. What? He, he's done all. Yep, Chippendale in his day, apparently. Um, he was. I don't know when that was or what year, but he was definitely a Chippendale. But he. He's in a, another film, Dave, I don't know if you've ever seen it, called Maniac Cop, and he's like the baddie in it. So this VHS cover that they've got for Samurai Cop, he's a cop in a full uniform holding a samurai sword and some guy's dead head, it, like holding him by the hair with the badge. And that does not happen in any of the movies. So how the hell did you pull that, that off? That, um, right. So, so if you look at the cover, the VHS cover for Maniac Cop, it's it's got maniac cop on it because I so I started looking into this because you you sent me that picture and I'm like fucking hell that's that doesn't appear anywhere that that yeah. it looks like a horror movie and then so you you sort of follow the breadcrumbs and stuff on the cover of maniac cop it's got you have the right to remain silent forever and on <laughs> on the samurai cop cover it's got you have the right to remain silent. Dead silent. 
<laughs> this is fucking, this is like Stan Lee, this, isn't it? You know, just change yeah. it ever so slightly. So I think that's where he's got that inspiration from is is maniac co- i say inspiration it's just a blatant fucking copy isn't it and just change a couple of words but yeah I, I, it took me back a bit when you sent me that through but chris i i almost i haven't watched this a second time but i and because we we had to jump on the mics and, and get the recording done but i kind of wanted to go through it again because i was so speechless going through it the first time i was like i do need to watch this again <laughs> Just to, just to get everything. And I will say it again, you know, thanks to John for supporting us, obviously. So producer for today's episode, flanked and supported by our executive producers. So we've got Brent from the Cinema Chat podcast. We've got Tony from uh, Indie, Indie, Indie Comics Spotlight. And we've also got Glyn, of course, Qui-Gon Glyn, um, uh, all our executive producers for today. And so what I can say, John is you've actually prompted a conversation between Chris and myself whether we need to do something a bit different. You know, so obviously we do our review podcasts and so we'll we'll take big leaps through the movie. This one almost needs its own, like DVD commentary. So we were thinking about, you know, could we do some kind of episode like on a video format where we're just, walking through the film it is up on youtube so i think we're safe from a copyright perspective and we'll just comment on each fucking scene and i tell you i, I think i think i will break out the alcohol for that one chris <laughs> if if we do manage to do it and uh but yeah i mean i don't think we've said that for for anything else no and this is a level honestly it's just different levels from no shit no Sunday free eat my dust I almost, I almost, I can't quite bring myself, but I almost have to apologize for how harshly I rated No Retreat, No Surrender 3. <laughs> you bastard. Almost, <laughs> but not quite. I mean, there are some stunning uh, changes between stuntmen in No Retreat, No Surrender 3, but again, this this is a level above. So again, <laughs> I just want to thank our producer, John, because this is fucking something else <laughs> i've got a great story we get into it dave come on we've got to get let's get into the trailer dave <laughs> let's go are you fuji fujiyama yes i am who are you i'm a cop his real name is joe marshall they call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. He was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. Would you like to fuck me? You're the one that talked me into bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the J- Japanese Katana gang. Bingo. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. Have you been circumcised? Yeah, I have. Why? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more that no katana gets captured alive or talks. Got that? How did you know I'd come home with you? Let's just say I can read eyes. I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass. And it hurts. 
We've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. Now we start off the Katana Gang, a try... Oh, Katana Chris, by the way, means Japanese sword, uh, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> <I believe> so. <laughs> the Katana Gang are trying to take control of the cocaine trade in Los Angeles, which forces the police department to transfer in a specialist samurai cop. And in pursuit of a van stashed full of coke, our samurai cop Joe Marshall tells Officer Peggy Lee Thomas that it is up and you just keep it warm. To which she replies, it is warm and ready. (laughs) Chris, what do you make to the opening of this one? I've never wanted to speak to you so much in my life. Even I wanted to watch this for a second time, but we were just fucking pining to get on and talk about it. This is unbelievable. What I'm going to say is, Dave, it starts, Joe has got the best fucking Tarzan fucking haircut we have ever seen. However, Mr. Matt Hannon, which he changed his name to Matt Caridas after the movie and everyone thought he'd actually died because they couldn't find a Matt Hannon. Um, and it was him. He had to come out in 2015 and say, I am alive. And they made a sequel, Dave. So we will be looking at that. Um, but he comes into it like he's got the tight fucking blue jeans on. There's no context to the fact that where this guy's appeared from, why he would need a samurai cop to get this Japanese fucking katana, whatever it is, gang. The, the fucking, uh, I, I don't get <laughs> what it is, but I used to do, and I've said this before, I used to auditions, right? And you used to get like auditions for like Emmerdale, you know, if you were like a bit part, like an ambulance man day or something like that. And I did a, I did a scene where they say to you, do it from your headshots. We did like a prison scene where I put like a white shirt on a black tie and I walked in as if I was checking on someone in prison. I was going to be like a prison warden. I didn't get the part, right? But looking at this, I could have been the main star with the acting on this one. Then I did an Emmerdale one where I picked my dog up and I was supposed to be tending to someone who'd been run over in the middle of the village in Emmerdale. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, like, and shake him. And my dog's looking up at me and Sam filmed me and she was crying. This is the level we're dealing with, Dave. I have no acting skills or anything. Nobody in this movie has any acting skills. This Joe is an absolute fucking magnet for the women. It doesn't matter how much of a dick he is. They were literally walking around with no fucking knickers on to this guy. It's ridiculous. They're in the middle of a chase and he's flirting with the fucking pi- the co-pilot of a helicopter. Like he says, I'll keep it warm. Who, who, is, who is clearly guy. not in the air. He's just yeah. on the landing strip. She's just climbed into the helicopter. <laughs> but, but, but what comes to parody in the first few scenes, Dave, we've got to address this, is that Matt, uh, or Matt Hannon, he's called it, Joe, Joe Marshall's his character. Joe has... A wig on at different stages of this movie, David, doesn't he? Because yeah. he got his hair cut halfway through thinking he'd finished the film and he had to give him a woman's wig. It's just brilliant. I mean, basically, I mean, this was his second film, wasn't it? You know, so he, oh he'd kind of, kind of gone to Hollywood. Uh, he'd done American Revenge as his first film. Also, I've seen a, a, a few clips from that also woeful <laughs> might have to do that one at some point and uh yeah so he, he went and did this basically he walked in i don't think he even said any lines and amir was like yep that's him you know we'll have him and they were <laughs> shooting a week later so you know it's just proper fly by the seat of your pants stuff and uh, you know he is a good looking bloke isn't he? he's got a bit of sylvester oh, stallone look about him but the hair is fucking ridiculous. And the thing is, so they'd done all the shooting. He thought he was done. 
And then about three months later, Amir calls him back and he thinks like, you know, I'm going to, you know, get a copy of the film or whatever. And he's like, well, we've still got some she- some scenes to shoot. And he's like, oh, what the fuck have you done to your hair kind of thing? Because he'd cut it off all short uh, to try and get more acting roles. And basically he said, well, you know, just do a few long shots. And so we'll go and they they drove to Hollywood to get a woman's wig. Well, not to get a woman's wig, but that was like the closest thing they could find. And Chris, it just looks fucking horrendous all the way through it. But but fucking Joe is a walking hard on. Yeah, it is. All the all the women in it. This is basically like this is soft porn with a bit of fighting. This, yeah. this it is like like the acting and everything. Every woman is drop dead gorgeous and wet for Joe. Dave, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tell you now, Dave, and I said this to you last night, if I'd have seen this film in around 92, this would have been stuck in my fucking video player because these soft cuts going on, which, let's let's be honest, goes on for fucking ages. There's, there's four sex scenes in this, and they all go on. I mean, at the start's a bit stupid. She's got her knickers on, but she's riding him like she's wearing nothing, and that's just fake. But it goes on for ages. The film, this poor girl, just gyrating on top of fucking Joe, and all, he's just sat All of it, all of it. Is- way too long and uncomfortable but the cameraman's like bit of the face boobs more boobs yeah little bit more boobs bit of the face back to boobs (laughs) and i know i know you've read this because you read the same article but later on the redhead woman who's the baddie she gets in bed with robert czar we get a full frontal we get a full Basically, her full equipment is on show day, not yeah. just the top half. The bo- yeah, but yeah. what I read was that the director <laughs> gave her a bottle of red wine because she was worried about get, doing this sexy with Robert Sarr. And a quote, loosen her up, Dave. What the fuck were they doing? Fucking hell. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is so exploitative, isn't it? It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, but Chris, I... I, I, I... <laughs> I'm going to struggle not to go through every scene because I think every scene is fucking priceless. Now, when the, the first thing that brings our samurai cop onto the Katana gang's radar is, you know, they, they chase this Scooby van uh, full of cocaine. You know, so back back to the start there. You've clearly got this old Indian guy driving. Uh, basically, he just he just taps, you know, a tree, which causes the van to completely explode and be, you know, he's engulfed in a ball of fire. And so he's just going around there, and, and oh, I've got to say, you know, the fucking dubbing. So so they shot all this without any sound, didn't they? And they did all the sound after. But he's going around there. And it's clearly he's changed to a white stunt guy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's on the floor. He's still on fire. And he's put out by the two lead actors. So Joe and Frank, that is a lot of pressure. And uh, But you can see the stunt guys looking around. He's like, you're going to fucking put me out or what? Did you know what though, Dave? At the start with Robert Zar, like the, the Yamasita, who's like the main big monster bad guy yep. with the big square jaw. When he stabs the old bloke, they go to him, don't they? He's got this fucking leather jacket on with like a red vest, and he's like he comes up to me and he goes, So, have you thought about our deal? And he's like looking at him and he goes, 
No. And he stabbed him. You can clearly see they're not stabbing him. And then this gunfight happens where people are obviously told to walk on at a certain point. And everyone who gets shot, they pan the, the, the sort of cut it dead quick so it looks yeah. like it's one take but you can see the court and you can see him holding like the tomato sauce which yeah. all fire back but then what I read was they only had about three guns with so many bullets so everyone had the same guns everyone who got killed he's firing with the same guns and there's a scene <laughs> where Frank and Joe are shooting at somebody and they've got the same guns firing back because they had to film yeah. Every, everything's like a mad kind of uh, close up isn't it uh, you know, it, it, like and, it. and I said to you, like, there's one guy, one of the one of the uh, Japanese gangs. So, so it was a very opening scene, wasn't it, where the guys saying, you know, the Katana gang are coming up with their strategy and they say, we must make friends with all the gangs, the Japanese, the Chinese, <laughs> and that's it. I don't think there are any more, <laughs> but that's it. And so they go to, to the Chinese guy, and this guy, and they're dressed very similar because I missed this. I thought. It, it looked like one of the guys who was flanking the old guy who got stabbed got shot. And then the next minute, he's just fighting off this other guy and, and he gets shot a second oh, time. I thought that. I, I swear to God, I thought, I'm sure that's the same guy who's just been shot. I swear to God, yeah. I thought the same thing. So, but it's not. You, I, you, you blink and you miss it. And it's because everything is a close-up. There's no wide shots at all. Every, everything's a close-up. And, and one guy's got like a long black Mac on and the other guy's got, got no Mac on. He, he's just got a regular kind of suit a suit and black trousers like so it is a different person but continuity wise it, it just looks terrible oh it, it's terrible and, and I, I think what's more apparent than anything is frank his partner who is black the fucking the casual racism in this film is a disgrace and frank said having to smile through it it's bad there's some fucking bad bits, but poor Frank has filmed loads of scenes on his own, and he's so. Oh my god! <laughs> but no, 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 no. we have to savor this one, Chris. Actually, I'm just going to say one bit, right? So, so you know, obviously, Katana are not happy about this, and then he, he gets all pissed off. So this is where you know Samurai Cop comes on his radar. It's the whole bit, and and you know, Amir, obviously, you know, I think he's Persian, any so you know, he's not. Um, He's not a native English speaker. And his grasp of the English language is just fucking weird. And, you know, he's just all very stilted and uncomfortable. Now, some of the legends like George Lucas was never great at writing dialogue, was he? But you kind of need the actors to feed back a bit. Uh, and, you know, old Matt Hannon was told, nope, read it exactly how it is. But it, it's when he, he says, you know, I want his head on this piano. <laughs> Oh no, in fact, even him before that, when he's having a go and, and you know, sort of taking a bit of the piss out of Yashimita, like pulling on his kind of trying trying to bruise his ego a little bit, he says old old Zar says, I'll get to know him. And it seemed very sensual to me, Chris. I wondered, you know, exactly how he was gonna get to know him there. But it's when he says, I will bring his head and place it on your piano. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I think, I think this, it was around about this scene when I'm just thinking, you know what? I'm kind of loving this. 
yeah. <laughs> just how I, terrible it is. I loved it because <laughs> that, that scene as well. And there's a guy, right, and I, I mentioned it to you, you'd not caught up, but there's a bloke, right, who's like a driver for this Yakuza gang, which, to be honest, other than the main guy and the guy with the bald head, are the most American Yakuza fucking band we've ever seen. I've never seen a gang with hardly any Asian people, but they're supposed to be from uh, Japan. And... He's about 60, looks like Steptoe with a fucking status quo mullet. Yeah. And he's got, he's yeah. stood there in a suit like he's stepped off some bad gangster movie or something. And he's just like walking around all the time. It's yeah. just like the worst. It is without doubt the worst thing I've ever seen. However, my favorite scene, right? Again, this Joe has just arrived from fucking, where did he say? San Diego San or something. San Diego, yeah, yeah. He's arrived from San Diego, right? bit random. It's not like it's, you know, LA or California or where New York. He's come from San Diego. He goes into a police station where he's only been there for a week, but yet all the women are going, oh, that's Joe again. Oh, what's he in trouble for here? And they're all like leaning into each other. And he's like, can't wait to see you. And it's like every woman who speaks to him wants to fucking give him one, right? I've never, they've all got high heels on. I actually written down, it's like fucking Benny Hill sketch from the fucking 80s. But... Dave, after we get the first bit, and, and what I love is the fact that the gun is mightier than the sword. So Joe and Frank go and have the first real confrontation. They're trying to find out about this Yakuza gang and the drugs and that. And Joe goes to go one-on-one with a samurai guy, doesn't he? And fucking Frank just goes, ah, fuck that. And he just blows him away like fucking Indiana Jones fucking oh, yeah. style. It I was Frank, it was Indiana yeah, Jones, wasn't it? It was. Well, Frank obviously... <laughs> when Frank's doing it, Frank's obviously not even there because he's just like shooting him from a backdrop, nowhere near where Joe is. And the the context of, sorry, Dave, the context of when people are shooting in this movie, they're never aiming where the other person's shooting back at them. Like Joe will have his whole body open shooting to the left, but the guy shooting him will be shooting him from the left as well. And it's like shooting (laughs) in the same direction. (laughs) There's just zero continuity in any of this. Uh, And you know know what a lot of it reminded me of, Chris, particularly Frank. You know, Frank's – so Joe's partner, Frank, he he seems to – come off the worst of it where he's just clearly acting on his own (laughs) yeah and um i i think we can't skip past the whole fucking nurse you know the hospital scene been leading to that by god i mean uh, uh, something else i mean you basically uh, actually chris you know so red dwarf um and uh, shout out to 20th century geek as well they've been going through all the red dwarf series there's a seen in that or or there's a whole episode where they pick up these different uh viruses and you know you get a positive look virus and and it's it's like joe's had this fucking pheromone that he's just that is superhuman and sprayed it all over himself because even though he was just he's just been nailing peggy and then he's when he's joking in the in the precinct you know, about uh, shagging all these other girls. She's just like, hey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not really. Oh, you cheeky old scamp, you. Um, (laughs) But it's fucking mad. But then you get the nurse. And honestly, Chris, this is grade A level soft porn acting from the nurse. I'm not sure if she's (laughs) ever acted before or since. But basically, yeah, that's true. (laughs) They've probably been trying to escape this and and thought it was all put to bed until it had its renaissance. But she's like, do you like what you see? 
Would you like to touch what you see? <laughs> and, then, and then she says a few more things, but she's like, do you want to fuck me? <laughs> that's you know what though, Dave. That's because when they did, because he did it in in like the um, they did it with no sound, and they were doing it afterwards in post. The fucking director does most of the voices as well. I hope he doesn't could. do that one. Yeah, but it's a robot thing on purpose. It's something to do with the oh, fact that they couldn't get the actors back and actresses. It's that guy at the. It, it, you know when I said there's like two guys all dressed in black. Yeah, you know that's one of them. Um, in fact, you know what? Oh, I think one of the best bad overdubbings there are is later on when you get basically it's like Vincent Price slash Walt Disney in the uh, in the photo booth for no explicable, uh, you know, the photo development suite for no apparent reason, and it's Frank's voice. You've got this fucking Vincent Price, and he's got this really deep black guy's voice <laughs> it's yeah, fucking yeah. brilliant but yeah so you know she gets she fucking fucking joe is like bingo <laughs> <laughs> but she knocks him down a few pegs doesn't she so uh she says that obviously you know she he's been circumcised and they took a bit too much off but you know the best bit actually chris about this scene for me Frank's reactions. Yeah. He piles out, then he goes, I've got a big, and then just... Well, he just keeps going back to Frank, and, uh, you know, he's just pulling these weird faces, and, and, you know, I think it's when she says, do you want to fuck me? He's sort of like, ooh, you know, and then, but looks straight at the camera, he breaks the fourth wall. He does it a few more times in the movie, and it's just fucking brilliant. And, And I think that, especially, like, the breaking of the fourth wall bit, that is what makes this so fucking brilliant, you know, in terms yeah. of just a horrendously shit but fantastic movie. The, the way they cut, though, like one minute you'll have like Yamashita chinning somebody. So instead of seeing the guy hit the deck after he's chinned him, as soon as he's knocked him back, it cuts to something else and they're running and he'll have different clothes on. And then <laughs> like from here, like Joe... Again, Joe and Frank end up going. They find like this where the Yakuza guy, the main gang, and Yamashita's there and stuff like that. And they've already killed a few people. And they go into that restaurant and they're all sat there. And you've got these two blondes either end. You've got the ginger, uh, the gingerhead girl, the redhead girl, who's really stunning. She's like uh, Yamashita's girlfriend who's been a baddie. She's like killed a few people. But you've got this blonde girl who is stunning. And she's on the arm of the main boss, isn't she? You know, the boss. He's the yeah. boss. And, um, I think it's Akamura, his name is. And she's on his shoulder. But as soon as Joe comes in with his fucking, he's, he looks like Buzz Lightyear, like someone's drew Buzz Lightyear as a human with like a, <laughs> in, a, in a brand new computer game with this weird fucking mullet. And she's looking at him and she's smiling at him and thinking, you never smile if you're on the, on the arm of a Japanese gang lord. And they're talking away. And Frank's there, like, and Joe's going, like, yeah, yeah, you, uh, you samurai shit. And I'm thinking, but you're a samurai expert yourself. And Yamashita gets up as if he's going to fucking go for him. He's like, no, sit down, sit. And he sits down. Then Frank, at the end of it, goes, yeah, oh, oh, call our lawyers <laughs> and just starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> it's like fucking, uh, like, proper belly laugh, isn't it? And again, yeah. that's why you could just tell Frank is just on his own. Someone's probably just said, can you laugh? You know, 
and he's got no context and he gives a proper jovial kind of belly laugh doesn't he and it's like completely out of context because you know joe's just given this massive monologue which fair play to him for remembering all the words but again this is where you can tell it's not done by a native english speaker because well it seemed to me the monologue seemed to be like something trump might say or something like that you know he's like I'm telling these son of bitches. I had to bring this one up, Chris, on the quotes. I'm telling these sons of bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah, this is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on our streets. Now I'm telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts, counselor, before your last suit even hits, oh, hold on. Before your last suit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan for fertilizer. Got it? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most unnatural fucking thing. And, and I saw. You know, uh, old Matt Hammond there, he, he, he was apparently pissed off, you know, so he was just doing a lot. Of, you know, this is when he'd been brought back, I think, and uh, he's just getting annoyed with all the dialogue and whatever. And you can tell that he's pissed off, but it's just, oh, Chris, it's fucking brilliant. But but he does get sweet for the blonde girl there, doesn't he, in the restaurant? Yeah, he does. And, and you know what I was saying before? I'm reading it now, Dave, as you were talking it was the director's voice. So basically, because he couldn't get the actors and actresses back for the overdubbing, he slowed his voice down using effects. And that's why with some of the people at the start, you get this fucking robotic voice. We actually want him. That's when he went, you want For the, the nurse's yeah. voice? Yeah, yeah, for the nurse. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> I love the fact, though, that Matt Hannon actually says... He purposely fucked up scenes in the movie. Now, whether this is a get-out-of-jail thing, I don't know, but he purposely fucked up scenes in the movie thinking he wouldn't be in the final cut, and they were. I mean, what was that? The whole film? <laughs> it's yeah. not one scene where he does anything even remotely like acting. Honestly, I have never seen... I've never, ever seen a fucking movie like this. It was truly... And it is true. I know we're going through it. It's truly amazing. But like Joe again... He ends up giving this girl one, this Jennifer. Uh, she's uh, oh, sorry, it's Fujiyama's the main guy. Sorry, Fujiyama's the main guy. Fuji Fujiyama, yeah. And she's giving him one, but this goes on for fucking ages. This yeah. sex scene, it must be ten minutes. More the, the sex scenes last longer than the fight scenes. Yeah. And again, Dave, Joe's pulling a fucking. And you said this to me. I'm going to steal your thunder slightly. Sorry, but he's pulling a macho here, isn't he? This guy's never done martial arts. Has he fucked? <laughs> never. <laughs> he looks amazing when he's got his his clothes off. He's got a fucking like a swimmer's body, and he a Tarzan. Oh, he looks like Tarzan. He looks good, Dave. And even now at fifty three, fifty four, he's still in that shape. He looks fantastic, apparently. But my god, it's fucking shit. The fighting. It's terrible, but Dave, we have to talk about when he fights. I think it's Okamura who he fights. The bald guy at the start who gives the full Al Capone speech. Oh, can I can I just My say very, God. very quickly, let, let's put a pin in that and let's come back to him because I don't want to forget this bit. And that is the captain, the angry police captain, 
who is possibly one of the best angry police captains I think I've ever seen. He's just angry at everyone. <laughs> but it's when, you know, when, when uh, he's pissed off at the samurai cop initially, and he, he sort of rests back in his chair. And with his eyes closed, Chris, he goes, feels like somebody's got a big club, club stuck up my ass, and it hurts. Got to figure a way to get it out there. And then he opens his eyes and he's basically like, <laughs> Frank fucking looks right into the camera again and breaks the fourth wall before giving him a big kiss on the forehead. And he's like, get out of here. And then again, it's like a proper naked gun sort of police squad thing. He just leaves his arm hanging there for ages, you know, as if it's that end scene. And then he sits back again, closes his eyes, has a little bit of a chuckle to himself. And I'm pretty sure he's thinking about that big club stuck up his ass again. (laughs) It's just fucking insane, Chris. But anyways, so so, yeah, I just wanted to, to not forget about that bit. But yeah, so so he has that fight with that guy. So, I mean, they, they have a bit of a perv initially, don't they? They could have just opened the door and steamed in there, but they were like, no, let's let's not let him have his last fuck. No, and, and you know what, Dave? I've never watched the film because I know they had no budget for lighting. You, you can read that. It's quite open. It looks as real as you would get to an amateur porn movie of lighting. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah. If you were looking for amateur stuff, I'm not saying I have Dave, allegedly, but if you were ever looking for amateur porn, that's it. Because the way that the, the Japanese guy's got the girl with him and he's kissing her and stuff and they're on bed and they're kissing for ages. It's like fucking dry humping, aren't they, at one yeah. point? It's almost like a fucking teen movie or something like that. And they're going for it and Joe's at the window. Now, this guy has got a pair of budgie smugglers on, right? <laughs> so the next minute, the three guys in the living room who realise that, is someone here one of them gets shot right and he go oh my god the cops are here he picks his clothes up right so he's got shirt pants shoes with a belt buckle within 10 seconds he bursts out the door he's fully dressed dave i was fucking crying it was just ridiculous it was like superman wasn't it he just literally he had his budgie smugglers on and then he's fully dressed not only did he have you know a black shirt and black trousers on he even had time to put his belt on chris i know if only john mcclain had had that time dave in diehard he's fucking stupid and again though the shooting around the house is in no context. They're all shooting the same way. It's just ridiculous. The camera doesn't even like make it look like they're shooting it. Obviously, they never in a real movie, you're never gonna see them shots. Are you? They're not shooting each other really. It's all different camera angles and they position them right. And even I've done filming for stuff like we've done with YouTube videos, and you, like, I've actually done like videos for work and I've done shots where they get to do the same thing at different angles. So you can, you know, you can just transition into the into the shot so it looks like it's all one shot and it's not. I'm an amateur fucking somebody who does it as a hobby, who has no experience of doing that. And even I know how to shoot fucking something better than this. <laughs> I, honestly, the, the, the way it all comes together. And, the, and then there's a guy there, Frank shoots this, um, it's a big black guy who's got like a shotgun. Oh. And he shoots him about six times, but the guy just keeps walking into shot. <laughs> it's as if they've put like, they've gone, can we just have a couple of takes of that? I forgot that they're the same take because he gets shot once in the chest. You don't see the bullet. Then he gets shot in the stomach. Then there's a guy up against the car who's obviously got them exploding um, 
blood patches thing, and he's, he takes about no, eight it's, bullets. It's fucking paintball. <laughs> it's that, but, I mean, the big black guy, fuck me. You know what, Chris? I'm convinced there is nothing on the editing room floor. There is nothing edited out, because he's just like, I, I've never, you know, at five years old, if, if you get you know a kid or something to act like do a dying swan type thing it's like oh you shot me it would be better than that it was just the worst dying scene ever but i mean most of them are aren't they you know they i mean it is all tomato sauce that they're using for the blood and everything again it just it just brings to the the ridiculousness of the whole movie but i mean i, I say that but i think the fight choreography I'm not even sure if there was any because it it seems like, again, this is all just improvised. And when they get to the nightclub and, you know, they, they get these three guys and they're threatening to break, uh, break his legs. The guy's got a baseball bat there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 He just shakes it around his head a bit. It's just like, You've never fucking held one of those at all. <laughs> You're just trying to do, you know, the old Bruce Lee nunchucks. You're trying to look menacing, but it just looks fucking ridiculous, Chris. You know what, though, Dave? You know what was one of the class? And it does look ridiculous. This is when, isn't this when Joe picks a samurai sword up and does a Star Wars in the fucking Qatar? Is it the Katina bar? Cantina bar where he, where he fucking um, Obi Wan fucking slices it his arm. He takes this guy's arm off, right, with the worst special effects ever. He doesn't look like a fucking real hand. It looks like they've gone into fucking uh, one of the shops local, like a fucking CNA or something, and took an arm off a model and put a bit of blood on it. And he, he chops his. I mean that guy. Off. That guy who got his arm off. I mean, he was just not asked at all, was he? I mean, at least. Joe, you know, at least Joe and Frank, they're going for it. I don't know quite what they're going for, but you can tell they're going for it. The guy gets his arm chopped off. It's just like he's just wandered. You know, he's just wandering past in the street or something, and he's just like, can you come on here and just do this scene for us? Just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to shoot you. He just just was not arsed whatsoever, but it was just horrendously bad. Oh, it was terrible. And and I think as well, like I mentioned it at the top of the show, but some of the comments to Frank, they mentioned something about his arse getting burnt, Dave. And I'm not going to go any further than that because it's fucking bad. But the, the, it gets brought up later on by Joe as a joke. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. And then there's, there's another comment later on. Well, I'll get, we'll get into that because he's in context. One of the things, but I don't know. In 91, was it still that bad, Dave? It was, never should have been in movies, that sort of stuff. Anyway, but I let alone... I don't think so. I mean, I mean, let's say it, because, I mean, I mean, Frank gets sort of captured a little bit later, doesn't he? And it's the way, again, there's a sensuality. Basically, Frank's been captured by these henchmen. And, uh, you know, you could see just slightly off camera, he's got a knife to his, to his member. Yeah, but uh, he's got shorts on, Dave. He yeah. comes out with a towel on. You can see he's got shorts on and they don't cut it quick enough because you can see he's got them on. <laughs> I can't skimp on anything. So I've got to bring up the actual quote here. He says, this is the henchman who's, who's grabbing his undercarriage here with, with the knife. And he's like, I could kill you now or I can relieve you of this gift. This black gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's horrendous. And it's the way it's when he's saying it, he's staring into his eyes as well. Yes. 
Frank's like, holy shit, what's going on here? You know, you know what we've missed as well, babe? You know, you were talking about the nurse who says, do you want to fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when they go to get that guy who puts his clothes on in fucking record speed and you've got the old copper who's dyed his hair like a sort of ginger brown oh, to try yeah, and make himself yeah, yeah. look young. And the blonde girl who he's given, Joe's given one at the start, the cop, and they're outside and Joe's there with Frankie. He goes, right, me and Frank are going to go around the front. You guys go around the back. Cover us. If you, if you see any shooting, come running. You know, and all this sort of thing, right? So they walk off. Frank and Joe go off like Riggs and Murtan. They go off and that. they're doing their bit and they're doing that. They're crouching and looking around. She just turns around to that fucking cop and goes, <laughs> do you want to fuck? We've got nothing else to do. And he's like, you're supposed to be casing the joint. And he goes, get out of here. And she just starts laughing like... <laughs> Honestly, it it is porno-level scripting, isn't it? I mean, you're just (laughs) expecting it to go, do you want to fuck? I remember being 16 years old. I got a job at Manchester Airport in, like, uh, engineering, and I was, like, obviously the YTS. And fucking guys were always going on going, we've got loads of fucking pornos for your ears, son. You know, like, because I was, like, the new kid, like, the new kid on the block, the young kid. They are taking the piss, and one of them went, here, Borrow this, and I borrowed this, but never seen a proper porno, Dave. It was about a light bulb. This guy knocks on these girls, and goes, "Hi, I've come to fix your light bulb." And she's like, "Oh, thanks. I've got three of them that need changing." And that's it. As soon as he walks in the door, he just starts giving them one. It was a proper porno. I was just that. This is that level of fucking acting. At least in a porno, they're not actors. They're just told to do something. But I tell you what. Is the ultimate definition of this movie, right? Is the fact, right, that he didn't have any money to shoot the movie at night. So everything's done in the day, right? Yeah. All the actors wore their own clothes and drove their own cars in all the scenes. So the Scooby Doo van was one of the actors' cars who come to the set every day. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> it is so brilliant. <laughs> That is the best ever. I know you have shit on No Cheat, No Surrender, but Lauren Avedon and Kiefer Tali are fucking legends compared to this shit show. Oh, I, th- I think I need to, uh, yeah, offer Lauren Avedon a, a, a fucking <laughs> apology here because as horrendous as those are, at least they seem like actual movies. Now, I'm going to make an exception, Chris, because I still think, and we haven't reviewed it yet, but King of the Kickboxers 2 it is... Is pretty it's bad near as well. This. It, yeah, it's it, near it this. is near this, but I don't think that there's some kind of lightning in a bottle. There's some magic that this has that that didn't have. I I didn't find that nearly as fun to actually go through. There, there was less of the unintentional comedy about it. <laughs> but this is just absolutely littered, isn't it? And and again, you know, like you say about Peggy, you know, she's captured, and and basically all of the. All of the really stunning women, they, they're just there. I mean, I don't know whether older Mir just thinks all fucking American women are just massively horny all the time and just want to fuck. But basically, when old Zidar, you know, Yashimoto, where his name is, you know, he, he sort of got her and he's pouring what I think is supposed to be hot fat or something on her. Yeah. But it's just yeah. clearly water. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, he's tortured. Torture. That's why they had Frank, isn't it? They're trying to get to 
you know, where does Joe live? Meanwhile, Joe's just living it up. He's he's got with his blonde lady. Yeah, he's got his budgie smugglers on as well. She's got the fucking tightest little G string you've ever seen on there as well. And you get again another very, very awkward sort of sex scene, you know, that just lingers on for just way too long. It's the you know, it's the camera angles as well, Dave. You're right, because Joe looks like Tarzan. He's got an absolute body of an Adonis. He's got the long hair. This is obviously before he had his wig cut because it's is his real hair for this because he's in the swimming pool and gets out and flows his hair back. It's definitely his real hair, obviously pre the cut he has. But when he's walking around the pool with her and they're like strolling around like some porn on, they get the, the camera angles on the girl are not that flattering because she's stunning. She gets out of the pool and that. But he's like zooms in right on her ass, not just like from a distance. I mean, right in, Dave. You can literally <laughs> see everything going on. And I'm like, this is not right. Has this guy ever made a movie? However, we do get a scene which I thought was fantastic. Was the, the cop who's dyed his hair ginger brown? He's at home with his missus. These guys can just randomly walk into your house. There's no problem. They just stroll in and nobody even notices. So Yashimita and his fucking mates come in, or whatever he's called, and they're all stood there and they get his wife hostage. Next minute, the bloke just fucking rips the top open. Shows a fucking uh, threatening bits are on show, Dave. And then just one boob. In fact, again, yeah. marvelous editing, isn't it? Because she's got a full top on one minute and then it's, it cuts back and she's got one boob just flailing about there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the boobs. And Yashimita's like giving him, like, where's Joe? And he's like, I don't know. Ask the others. I don't know. And he slices her throat across. Then he gets the fake stabbing in the stomach, which you can clearly see he's not been stabbed because the sword would have gone right through him. A proper Yakuza samurai sword would have just gone right through him. And then he's there looking at his wife and he dies in her arms. And, he, and then the henchmen walk off as if they've just been telling a joke. Oh, 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 let's go and find <laughs> Joe. But Joe does the same thing as the Asian guy earlier. Joe was holding down. Joe's got his budgies on. Frank's trying to ring him because Frank's had this full, you know, uh, this is a gift. I can take it away from you thing. He's ringing Joe up. Who, he's ringing Joe profusely, but then Joe has been able to go swimming, get out, give his missus one. And then Frank decides to ring him again. He goes, watch it. Get out of the house now. And he's going, what do you mean? Get out of the house now. And he's just going, what? What? And then he looks out and sees Yashimita and the henchman. He gets his clothes on, Dave, in even quicker style, a full <laughs> Fucking Martin Riggs cowboy belt buckle on as well with cowboy fucking boots. I think he's got on. He's got an outfit on him next to no time, and so is she. And they're running in and out of the house, but they're like tripping over each other. It's like one of them comedies like Lauren Hardy where he looks out of one window but looks to the left. The other guy looks out the other window next to him to the right, and they're like, "Where is he?" And every time they're looking, they're looking the wrong way and they're shooting the wrong way. And I've just read somewhere which is why I was laughing a minute ago, and it says. There's many inserts of the film of Fraser and Hannon. Obviously, shot them in the same corner of an office, and it's yeah. why the location never matches the scene. And this is another one again. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the locations just look completely off. You know, sometimes they're obviously in some dinky little apartments, and then they go into this big mansion. You know, they just come round the corner. But also, some of the shots look kind of okay, and then others look like. They're from old 70s footage or something. Just the yeah. lighting is all over the place. And, and like you say, just continuity is it's terrible. But um, I've got to tell you, Chris, one, one of my favorite bits as well. Again, I don't, I don't think they were trying to be comedic with this, but 
when Frank and uh, and Joe go to you know they go to attack, they go on the offensive, don't they? So uh, you know they they've been chased and whatever. They're back together, and then you end up with Joe climbing over this fence, and then Frank climbing under the fence, and he's like, "Why did you go under?" And he's like, "Because I'm an undercover cop." And then looks right at the camera again. <laughs> it's just fucking. If you tried to do that, you know, for a comedy, you would struggle to better that comedic timing. I, I just thought it was fucking brilliant. But I mean, Hilarious. basically, you know, after. I actually I skipped over a bit there because. When they'd escaped, you know, and this blonde girl, like, I can't remember what her name was, but... Jennifer. Was it Jennifer? So so yeah. she'd escaped with her life. And then she's having a chat with her mum back at the office. It works for the Yakuza boss. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just, like, all happy-go-lucky, yeah, I met this boy, and you know, just all kind of giddy and girly about it. And it's like, you just fucking escaped with your life. You should be fucking petrified and beside yourself. But, um... Oh, Chris, I mean, we, we've got to get on. Like you say about those fucking ridiculous bits of continuity where you're clearly at different scenes and, again, some, some shoot-offs where it seemed to, like, just cut to Joe, cut to hen- shoot, cut to henchman, shoot, cut to Joe, shoot, cut to henchman, yeah. shoot. And then eventually, yeah. you know, the henchman goes down again in comedic style. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, Chris, me and you could do at least equally as well, a dying scene. But, you know, we've got to get on to, you know, basically you get weeds through all the chaff and everything, and then you get the final samurai showdown, don't you? Holy fucking shit, Dave. (laughs) This is truly magnificent. You've got to get Robert Zardo. He's got a body on him, Dave. He's kept it well hidden at this point. He could have been a Chippendale, like they said, because... He takes his thing and he's got a vest on. He's not at Joe levels of like, you know, absolute peak fucking condition, but he's still pretty ripped up. And it's the fucking sword stuff. You know, Joe's <laughs> supposed to be this all conquering, any fucking samurai master. And he does a few little bits, but all that Robert Zardo's, uh, Yashimito, whatever he's called, I can't get his name wrong. He just starts moving the sword very fast, doesn't he? He's like, just he's shaking no it around his head. Yeah. It's fucking glorious, Chris, because it's like he's never held a sword. And, and you know, he's probably got the direction, you know, just, just do a little, you know, like Bruce Lee does, you know, just shake the sword around kind of thing. And he's just like, starts shaking it around his head. And he's just like, oh, fucking hell, this is brilliant. <laughs> it is. And you know what made me laugh, though, Dave? He's fucking Frank. We're having, they have a shootout before this because, obviously, the guys who are after him, Frank and Joe, get the better of And then, eventually, it's this battle in it. He's, like, saying to Joe, Joe's being shot at as well by other guys. But as soon as y- uh, Yashimita says to him, um, you are supposed to be, you know, the samurai warrior, Joe just, like, puffs his chest out drops the gun and he's just walking out and I'm thinking, well, this is the time that they should be fucking shooting him because they've not had a chance earlier on. However, fucking Frank's there, right? He's shooting against the bad guys. Every time he's getting shot at, no door is exploding. There's only a little bit of a window explodes a few times. But later on, he's getting shot at and nothing happens to the door he's hiding behind. But... (laughs) His fucking gun is like a race gun from a fucking a running race, 100-meter race. <laughs> it's like a starter's pistol. It's so tinny. 
And and you can obviously tell they've used some sort of kid's prop gun. It's terrible. And nobody reloads any fucking bullets. The only one who reloads the bullets is the red-headed girl who comes out of a machine gun, an Uzi or something. Joe has a shot. She shoots him, and she actively steps to the right, so she's even more exposed to try and reload the gun, oh, and yeah, then Joe yeah. shoots her. Instead of hiding <laughs> around the corner where she's been dodging the bullet, she actually steps into his line of sight to reload and then gets shot with no blood and then falls on the floor. But Mr. Steptoe and Son, with the mullet, has now got a full double denim outfit on, and he comes down. That's got to be the worst killing yeah. in the movie. That is terrible. It is brilliant, isn't it? It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Again, it's just like he gingerly, when he gets shot, he sort of gingerly sort of inches his way to the floor. And it's just, <laughs> there are some spectacularly bad, you know, um, shot scenes in this. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. However, I know I've just gone off on one there, Dave. The fight between him and Yashimita and Joe is fucking dog shit, and it? It really is. No, a disgrace. Chris, all the way through. I mean, we've had a bit of dialogue that apparently this guy is <laughs> is fucking fluent in Japanese, you know, which he tells us because, you know, he knows what katana stands for. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> Japanese for sword. Um, I, we are a minute and 30 into a movie that is a minute and 34. So the last four fucking minutes of the movie... We get to see him hold a samurai sword and actually show down with the the big bad. And it's just, I I tell you what, all Robert Zarr could have done, Chris, don't know about the Chippendales, he could have done fucking Marv from Sin City, couldn't he, with that chin? Yeah, easy, easy, Dave. Yeah, he has a beard in this, don't need to sort of hide... Uh, he's looks, but he's always plays a bad guy. Always played a bad guy. But yeah, this end bit's terrible. And the fact that eventually, when Joe does get the better of him, he leaves the gun on the floor and he he pulls a knife out of his his stomach. And you're thinking, go on, then he's going to do like the old switch. And Frank says, Frank does the same thing just before this. He does the old thing. The guy's got the samurai, and Joe's not got the samurai. And just as Joe's about to fight him, Frank just shoots him dead. And it's yeah. like. Why do you keep yeah. doing that? But that was that was what we were saying before. That was that was the uh, Indiana Jones moment, wasn't it? Oh, twice that but, happened in the film. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, this this sort of final scene. But you know, again, uh, Yashmita, you know, he, he loses, and so Joe's there. You know, and again, there's nothing fucking Japanese or samurai about him. But he's just about to fucking chop his head off until Frank's like, "Wait, you're a cop." <laughs> It's like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know he does he does the old what what is it Harry Carry or or something where they they stab themselves so you know he he's been defeated in battle so he he must take his own life you know and uh, that's the end of it but and then we get we get obviously Joe he gets the girl at the end so we get him in his budgie smugglers again. You know, just for the end scene and then the credits roll, Chris. And and I've never been so gutted for a terrible movie for the credits to roll. No, I haven't. I mean, John has just done us completely with this. This is levels. I've done you with some bad movies, Dave, which you've given me plenty of abuse for, and I'm happy to accept it. And you know I revel in this, and you've done it to me. This is, without doubt, the worst and best movie we have ever reviewed. It is absolutely cinema gold. And I am definitely going to watch this again in the next few days. I never go back and watch these movies. I've got to watch this again. I just can't believe what I saw. Well, Chris, 
let's get into our final wrap up. Let's go. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen, in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature. Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one? I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Oh, you're not fun. Oh, you're not fun. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> and if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. Now, Chris, I think it's possibly me. Now, the... <sighs> This film is unique in so many ways. As you've said there, in terms of technical competence, dialogue, cinematography, everything, this this is the worst thing I think we've reviewed. This makes No Treat, No Surrender 3 look like a high-budget production. I, I just... This is stunning. But... It does, and it's a cliche, obviously, but this definitely falls into the into the bucket of so bad it's good, and it's because you know it 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 just makes you smile at how bad it is. I mean, I often think like the worst crime that a movie can commit is that it's utterly forgettable, and we keep referring back to it. It's not an older movie, but kind of uh, the X Men Dark Phoenix that came out last year. I couldn't even tell you anything, really. Apart from the core story, I can't really tell you a lot about the movie. It was just completely forgettable, and obviously that's a big-budget production. This one, though, I've watched it once, and I've taken a few bullet points, and you know, I've referred to a few of the, the dialogue pieces because I, I wanted to get them because they were just so spectacularly bad. But this film is hugely memorable for just how bad it is. Now, if I'm reviewing this for technical competence, this is going to Dantooine all day long. This is utterly terrible. But if I'm reviewing it just in terms of enjoyment, and as you said, you know, you're going to watch this again. I don't think in all of the reviews we've done for both VHS and Comics in Motion, I've wanted to re-watch a movie so quickly after I've watched it. I do want to watch this again, and I want to watch it again soon. So I'm going to put it... And then, again, this is on a curve, so this is on the bad movies scale. But I'm going to send this to Pleasantville. And and I don't even know why I'm not sending it to Cloud City, because I think... I just feel like Pleasantville is ridiculous enough. But just in terms of pure enjoyment, and how terrible this is, it, it's right up there. It's right up there. And and as you said, this is the best bad movie that we've done, I think. Yep. Now, Chris, how about yourself? Well, it is without doubt the, and we have watched some turkeys that I've hated across all our podcasts, Comics in Motion and the VHS Strikes Back. This is the worst movie <laughs> ever i can't even call it a movie it's just a culmination of scenes 
back all together, right? It is utter, utter shit. I've never seen anything like it. And I actually think they get the bad guy, good guy thing pretty good with a, with a showdown of sorts. However, the soft porn stuff would have just been a young 12, 13-year-old Chrissy's fucking dream day, literally <laughs> wet dream. I would have pulled my arm off watching this, I'm telling you, when I was that age. I'm not even going to lie. My fucking hormones would have been through the roof. Martial arts and more sex than martial arts. Unbelievable. You only ever saw a bit of a boob in this is all bets are off. The full frontal we get is ridiculous. That poor girl, and the fact that she was given a bottle of wine to fucking loosen her up fucking is hell. ridiculous. Ridiculous. What a quote. Unbelievable. However, Matt Hannon, Joe Marshall, is fucking amazing. He's a chauvinistic arsehole. And every girl who've just met him know everything about him. He's obviously looks like he slept with every single cop. Every cop wears high heels. Every nurse wears fucking stockings and suspenders and high heels, Dave. Nobody gives a fuck. I, I think I was always disappointed when I got to like my late teens and they had to go in for, I remember having an operation on me at my ankle and um, from playing football. He never looked like that, Dave. I was always thinking, oh, we're going to get a bed bath here and everything. You know, you watch these like carry on movies, some really bad fucking <laughs> softball core porn stuff. <laughs> never like this. This movie was my dream movie as a kid. I would have loved to have watched this. It is fucking diabolical. However, flipping it completely. I loved it. I loved every single minute of this, so much so I was seeking out a Blu-ray copy, which costs an absolute arm and a leg, Dave. There's not many. I, I did. I looked for it as well. Yeah, it is fucking amazing. It's fucking 20 quid on Amazon. Yeah, it's a fucking rip-off. It's fucking £19.99 more than it should be. But However... I loved it, and I will watch this again, and I will be recommending this to anybody who I don't like, who I do like. Anybody who's into <laughs> movies, I'm going to make them watch it. I kept showing Sam little clips, and she's like, I don't give a fuck. Just leave me alone. I'm like, you've got to see this scene now. And the fact that poor Frank's there <laughs> acted into a fucking empty room, like I've done to try and get parts as like a bit part person on the soaps and that, Dave, is amazing because it's just what you have to do. Now you do it on your phone, and they're like, send in this scene. Right? These are your lines. Just improvise. We're, just, we're not bothered about setting it up properly. We just want to see you act this scene, act to a lamp or act to a thing. And that's exactly what he's doing. It's like acting 101, right? And I've got no acting experience and nobody in this movie from the fact they drove their own cars, their own fucking clothes. You know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Every time someone gets shot, they had enough left in the tank to shoot back before they got another bullet in them with the bad editing. Everything is just so fucking wrong. But Dave, it's going to the top. This is going to Cloud City all day long. And not just because of what you've said. I have thought of this last night. I cannot send it anywhere else. This is the best bad movie I have ever seen in my 41 years on this earth. John Hammond, my friend, I salute you. And I will love this movie. It is so much so that I've got on YouTube in my fucking saved videos, a two-part hour interview with Matt fucking Hammond, Hannon or Caridus as he's called now, talking about about Samurai Cop, Dave, and I'm going to revel in that when I watch that later watch on today. Watch it. <laughs> oh. It's good. <laughs> it's good. And you know what, Chris? I, d I don't... You know what? I'm going to do something we have never done before. I, I... I think I need to revise my score as well, you know. I, I'm trying to think to myself, like, 
why am I marking it down one? And I just don't know why. Because, you know, normally if you're going to mark something down one, it's because, I don't know, maybe the dialogue's not quite up or the special effects don't hold up or whatever. But this is completely the other end of the scale. So the worse that it is, the better that it is. You know what, Chris? Having Not just listening to you, I think having paused for a second, I'm going to change mine. I think it's Cloud City for me. You, you're <laughs> right. It is the best bad movie. This is even better than Hawk the Slayer, which I know <laughs> I got called out for because I, I sent it to Pleasantville, but for the same kind of theory that just it's so bad, it's good. And yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to do it. Cloud City for oh, me as well. That is amazing. Amazing, Dave. And John is just an absolute star man for this because what a film. An absolute barn buster, Dave. Yeah, and and what I would say is, Chris, so we did ask John. So unfortunately, when, when we have a producer on, you know, give them an option to come on. John's doing really long hours at the minute, so couldn't come on to talk to us. But um, we asked him, you know, can you send us in a few words and just, you know, what, what you think about the movie? And this is what he said, Chris. What can I say? I'm glad that you've committed to take Samurai Cop on. Did I want to make you suffer? After the Eat My Dust debacle, I'd be lying if there wasn't a hint of it. Can't remember the exact year I saw this, but I know it was before I met my wife, which was 1997. I must have been about 20, 21 or so. I do remember it being a dodgy VHS copy picked up in a pub. I saw a lot of movies this way and always bought whatever there was when I was a bit non-compass mentis. Thank God I'm sober now. Anyway, why anyone would pirate this is beyond me. Everyone thought back then this was a real load of old shite. I was a fan of all action movies from the 80s and 90s, Arnie, Sly and Bruce Atal. So yeah, my initial thoughts were this was Cobblers. That wig. You ask why it meant to me. To be fair, it's difficult for a movie like this to have any meaning for me whatsoever. But yes, there is a but. Along with plenty of close-up butt shots in this movie, Samurai Cop is a movie that gives me more appreciation of what B-movie studios like Canon were doing through the 80s. Basically, this is awful. It makes those Canon movies look like The Godfather. I hope you see what I'm getting at, but Samurai Cop helps in making me love those movies even more. That wig! Is Samurai Cop a favourite of mine? This is not a favourite movie of mine by any stretch of the imagination, and after a recent rewatch, I have no idea when and if I might watch it again. I found myself laughing all the way through it. It comes across as a parody of a martial arts action flick, but to be fair, the trailer on Amazon Prime even talks of it as trash action cinema, or words to that effect, so you know what's coming if you were to watch it, which I recommend all your listeners do as soon as they finish this podcast episode. That fucking wig. After watching it again, this is a serious piece of inept filmmaking on a par with anything from Tommy Wiseau, who incidentally appears in the second movie, but I'm sure you're well aware of that. On reading up on this movie, it's easy to see why there are so many inconsistencies scattered throughout due to having some further shooting. Fight scenes taking place in more than one location, which is particularly jarring for that final fight scene between Joe and Yamashita. Is that supposed to be Japanese? The fight with Okamura bloody takes place in what looks like three different locations. What the fuck? And there's that stupid fucking wig. 
Now, I know that Matthew Caradis, as Matt Hannon, had to wear a women's wig, but come on. It makes him look like a Charlie's Angel, for fuck's sake. It is probably worse than the one you'll see towards the end of Ninja 3 The Domination when you watch it. So many butt shots which are there for nothing more than, well, nothing. In brackets, not going to say any more on the amount of arse as the missus might be listening to this. <laughs> Performances were just plain poor. It's easy to see why most of those in this movie haven't done much else. Zadar, probably the best out of an unbelievably bad bunch, and even he was bad, in brackets, he was ace and tango and cash though, features probably the best worst death scenes in movie history. The latter added scenes are clear to spot, piss poor dubbing, etc. However, despite all this, Samurai Cop is a movie that, once you start watching, is one that you must watch to the end no matter what. I certainly found that, and because of it, it gives the movie a certain charm. In brackets, waits for Chris to tell me to fuck off. To coin a movie title, this is the best of the worst. So where to rank Samurai Cop? Certainly not a Cloud City or Pleasantville. I did toy with the idea of Hill Valley, but just couldn't do it. I wouldn't send it to Dantooine to be blown to smithereens because people need to see it, so it must go to Elm Street. A terrible movie for one that can be enjoyed in some respects, even if it's just for a laugh. Cheers, John. (laughs) Dave, that is brilliant. John, I tip my hat to you, my friend. Thank you so much. And I really love the insight as well, Dave. That is just exactly what this is about, this podcast. Yeah, now... As as we said, you know, it's our Patreon pick this week. And, you know, normally, I, I think our normal kind of modus operandi will we'll have one of these each month. And so, you know, Chris will pick one, I'll pick one. Uh, we'll do a poll and then we'll have a Patreon pick as well. But we wanted to make sure for next week, uh, you know, if we have a new Patreon join up, then we'll probably shake things up a little bit. You know, make sure it doesn't go too long before we have another Patreon pick. And we do, uh, Chris, so we have our patreon pick for glenn what's that one dave it is another wheelhouse and i I do think that you know i like to outdo you when it's my pick i don't need to these last couple we're going to be doing it (laughs) is dave the last dragon and i don't think it's going to be worse than this but is it going to be as good david oh i don't know i don't know i i feel like we have to space out maybe you know these these terrible kung fu movies but Oh, it I have is, got, it's got, sorry, it's got a lot to live up to with this one, hasn't it? It has, Dave. And I have actually got a movie I want to do, Dave, pretty soon as my pick. And we haven't really discussed it, so maybe tell you off the podcast. But yes, <laughs> it is one of my favourites from the early 2000s that I, I actually saw some clips of it on YouTube and I watched them quite regularly. I was like, yeah, we've got to do that one. You know, I might go back and count up how many terrible kung fu movies have we done i think we're building up a right little library aren't we <laughs> you know it's yeah. again it's still we haven't done fucking enter the dragon yet no which <laughs> is crazy isn't it you know and now oh i tell you what chris there, there are gonna be it's gonna be a bit like highlander i reckon i can roll out some impressions for that one as well because oh no I, i've got a few I just watched so many times that that movie and i just absolutely fucking loved enter the dragon but my favorite one is the guy from uh who's supposed to be from new zealand and he's like what's your style <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I love I love the thing, you know, when um they, they have to pick all them like hookers who come to the room and he has that girl walking up like, you the black guys, you and you, you and you. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> amazing. And we should do that anyway, because obviously Paul Roper's just passed away, hasn't he? John Saxon. Yes, so. yeah, old John Saxon. So obviously this is gonna be a, a few weeks after. But uh yeah, I mean the fact that he took down Bolo and still I, I never actually bought that, Chris. You know, but uh, seeing as you know, since he's passed away, I'll give it to him. But I remember as a kid thinking, "There's no way you're taking down that big fucker." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I did as well. He had no fucking martial arts skills either, did he? So he had more than fucking Joe Marshall. Mel <laughs> <laughs> Dave, anybody up more than that fucker? <laughs> and fucking Robert Zar with his katana skills there. Fucking brilliant! Unbelievable. Chris, I feel like I need a lie down after that. That I just again, maybe a lie down and watch this movie again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. I think you do, David. Just before we go, guys, if you do want to support the podcast, like John does, Glyn, Tony, and Brent, and we appreciate all their support, no matter what level you're coming at, anything to support would be fantastic. Uh, get over to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back and have a look at the tiers. And if you do want to go with a McFly, we will not be complaining when we're off to Vegas with you. Uh, and also, give us a follow on social media at VHS Strikes Back on Twitter uh, and the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com if you want to send us in an email of any suggestions or any feedback on the show. Okay, Dave, so fantastic, my friend. <laughs> All I'm going to say is I cannot wait for next week now. <laughs> well, to finish off, Chris, I'm just going to ask you, what does katana mean? It means, Dave, a Japanese sword. See you next time. A martial arts champion in search of the glow. Master, I need more time. I am no longer your master. A rock and roll star on the rise. I know what it's like to lose precious things. A madman. Shogun of Harlem. A maniac. You're going to put my video on your show, aren't you? The answer is no. And the glamour the power, and the sound of Motown. I don't want you to kill anybody. Are you out of your mind? The Leroy Green I'm looking for is a little pop thinks he's a kung fu master. I am no master. You sure look like a master to me. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. To the beat of the rhythm of the night Dance until the morning light it's about the power of the glow. Timok, Vanity, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, directed by Michael Schultz, a Motown Productions picture from TriStar. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Sure.
go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you stupid. You ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months. I must break you.